Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for another chance to breathe, to have life, to see, to be able to walk and do all the things, uh, to function, and to continue to experience your goodness, even in these dark times. We thank you for giving us favor. We thank you for sending your angels as an encampment all around us, protecting us from dangers seen and unseen. We thank you for allowing us to come together to share in your truths, to encourage each other in your truths. We thank you for the Holy Spirit to make all things known, to confirm your word, to convict us when we're not walking according to you, what you would have us to do. We thank you. We give you the glory and the honor. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. So I want to really talk about a very, very important topic uh, that we need to focus on in this season. And I'm not going to be, I'm not going to take up too much of your time, but this is definitely a timely word. Uh, Earlier today, I actually got to share an article uh, about three different uh, dreams that I uh, had or experience. So one of them was my um, great grandmother in law told me about pastors who were unfortunately on a uh, train on the way to hell because of their, their preaching, their false teaching. Um, a dream that I had of myself that I was um, had miraculously became an angel or had wings of an angel, um, came back to earth to do God's will, and then uh, also a dream that my wife had here not too long ago that talked about um, kind of confirming what I'm doing by God's grace and his mercy, um, shining the light of Christ on lies, doing what Christ told us to do to help prepare us for Jesus Christ's return. And, you know, I got some good, some, some, some confirming feedback and people were encouraged or inspired, but you know, God always shows you through different things, different signs, uh, consistent with his word that you're walking the path that he's called you to walk. Now, when I put this uh, article out today, I had, uh, a couple of clients that canceled at the time where I was I was like, they canceled where, um, had they shown, it would have been a delay or possibly I wouldn't even have finished the article today, but they actually canceled in that time frame, And I, and immediately I knew God wanted this to get put out. He wanted it to be shared. And right when I was done sharing it, I had to go, um, to the, to the bank to, to make a transfer and it wasn't too far as walking distance. So I walked. And when I looked up, I saw this halo around the sun. And it was a halo, the color of a a rainbow, literally going all the way around the sun. Now, I've never seen anything like that, uh, at least in person. And when I saw that, the scripture came to me very clearly. And Jesus said, what will be, they asked him, what will be the signs of your coming and the end of the age? And he said, there will be uh, signs in the sun and and the moon and the stars. So that was, to me, a very strong confirmation, uh, correlation of what I was blessed to be able to share the testimony, the calling and the warning that God allowed me to share today 
um, it, with what I saw in the sky. Just, just God showing, yes, this is this is happening. This is true. Uh, folks better wake up. F uh, people better get it together and realize what season we're living in. Um, because the Bible warns us repeatedly that Christ will come as a thief. And, and obviously a thief comes when we don't expect it. They don't show up, you know, in the broad daylight where you're standing on the front of your porch with a gun. They're waiting for you to be relaxed, comfortable, doing your routine, not expecting them to come. Sleep. And in this season, we, we are truly living in the last days. It's, and anyone who doesn't see this is deceived. Because Jesus Christ told us in Matthew 24 exactly what the last days would look like. The end of the age. The signs of what, it will, what will be displayed prior to his arrival. And when these things happen, know that the time is near. He talked about um, wars and rumors of wars. Nations rising against nations. Kingdoms against kingdoms. Famines. Pestilence, earthquakes in various places. He said all these will happen. False Christ will come up, false messiahs, uh, and they will deceive people. And we see this happening all over the world, everywhere you look. But in this season, this last time, this, this, this last, these last hours that we are living in, how, we, how should we live our life? How should we who know who walk in this faith, who say we believe, how should we carry ourselves? I believe that is extremely important to ask ourselves. And the reason why is because if we are not walking as we should, there is no way we're going to be happy to see Jesus Christ when he comes. You know, the other day I was getting ready for bed and the thought popped in my head just out of nowhere. And it was, when Jesus Christ comes, the thing that I will be doing at that moment, will it be pleasing to him? Will it be something that I should be doing in that moment? Something acceptable. Now, obviously, we don't do everything right all the time. Our actions are not always perfect consistently. We fall short of the glory of God. We, we walk inconsistent to his word. But I believe that our heart should remain in a place of us identifying us as belonging to God. So when we make decisions or if we make decisions that are not consistent with walking the faith, then we have a conviction inside of us to turn us back to repent, to forgive, or whatever it is that we need to do to come out of that uh, wrong way. But for a lot of people, unfortunately, they either have grown up in or spent a lot of time in um, church organizations or institutions that don't really teach you, that don't really demonstrate, don't show you what it is to walk in the faith according to the heart having a heart that belongs to Christ. So now that we are living in the last days, many people don't know what to do.
And I was talking to a, a young couple uh, the other night uh, who were who said they love each other and they've been together for two years. And, you know, we had discussed the, the old school terminology of shacking up. And I asked them, have they ever heard of that before? Now, obviously, being that they were young and that's such an old term, they haven't heard of it. But they also haven't heard of anything similar to it. Because, you know, as time goes on, the, the language change. People come up with new slang for older words. Um, but that they said, basically, when they were going to church or part of their, you know, just being around their families, they said those that type of discussion doesn't even come up. It's not even something you think about. They don't even, you know, it's not something they even bring into the topic. And, you know, I grew up in a time where shacking up, you know, uh, premarital sex, fornication, that was a big deal. If you came up in the church and they knew you was doing whatnots, you know, you, you got the stank eye. Now it's not even a discussion. And that tells you a lot about what church institutions are doing in this season. Unfortunately, they're not preparing people for where we are and where many claim they want to go. So we're going to look at the Apostle Peter's last letter he wrote before he was murdered, before his life came to an end for the gospel. And how he outlines the way we should carry ourselves in these last days. Because this is important. I believe uh, we need to not just uh, receive the truth, but walk in it. So many different uh, variations of truth today, which are all lies if they cannot align with the absolute truth, God's word. But there's so many. And, and regrettably, they are tied to the, to the name Christian. You know, Christians started America, so let's fight for freedom. Uh, Christians are all about love, so don't talk about sin and repentance, just love on people. Many things that are tied to this word, which you only found written in the Bible two times, Christian, which was little Christ or Christianis. So we're going to start with 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 1, and he writes, Beloved, I now write you this second epistle, in both of which I stir up your pure minds by way of reminder that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before the holy prophets and of the commandments of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. Knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lust, saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things as they were, continue as they were from the beginning of creation. Now, we definitely see this today. I, I, I can't tell you how many times people will, will make, uh, they'll be making fun of what's being said in the Bible, the things that I'm blessed to share when it comes to end times, repentance, and Jesus coming. People say stuff like your sky daddy or, you know, or you believe in that hocus pocus stuff. You know, that that's, you know, that is unfortunately 
the truth prophesied to come. It's happening as we speak. Um, and in verse five, he says, for this, they willingly forget that by the word of God, the heavens of the of old and the earth standing out by water and in the water. By which the world that then existed perisheth being flooded with water. So Peter's talking about, you know, yes, there was a time when the world was destroyed by water. Right. This is when Noah's uh, family was saved, eight people. Uh, and everything else was just taken away, was destroyed. But it says in verse 7, But the heavens and the earth, which are now preserved for the same word, are reserved for fire until the day of judgment and the perdition of the ungodly men. So he's telling us that, yep, when the, uh, there's going to be a destruction that's going to happen on the earth. Not like the flood with water, but it's going to be according to fire. God's going to burn it all up. And I want to tell you, God is not dependent on a, a nuclear strike from uh, uh, Ukraine or, or Russia or anywhere else in the planet, China or anywhere else. That's not how he operates. He don't need man to fulfill his prophecies. He doesn't need, especially not men who don't even follow him. It will be done by God and the, and the whole earth, not just a little bit, not just, you know, a, a three-fourths. The entire earth and everything in it will be destroyed by fire. He says, but beloved, do not forget this one thing that with the Lord, one day is a thousand years and a thousand years is as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some count slackness, but is long suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. I, I I often hear people say, Lord, come quickly. Hurry up. Get on, come on down. Take us back. We waiting on you. And, and when I hear that, I, I see people who are not doing God's will. They're not being disciples, evangelists, ministers. They're not being living proof that Jesus Christ is Lord. Because God has taken his time to send Christ back to, to rapture up his church. And obviously allow the, 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 the great tribulation to occur and then eventually destroy the whole earth, cast Satan and his demons and all the ungodly in the hell, the judgment. He's taking his time so that people can come to repentance. That's why. Even the ungodly. God doesn't even want the unrighteous to go to hell. Because unlike getting uh, your leg cut off or, or getting your eye shot out or coming up or having been afflicted with some uh, terrible illness, nothing can compare to everlasting content. But being a loving God, he's taking his time so that we who are uh, living proof, we are who are uh, the light of Christ, shining the light, allowing uh, people to see God, Christ through us to, to help direct them to salvation. That's why he's taking his time. Is it getting worse and, and crazy and, and wild out there? Absolutely. More and more every day. Something ridiculous, something wicked. Uh, you know, People's mind is, is so warped and twisted. But in the midst of all that, God still doesn't want a single one to perish. 
All right. So in verse 10, he says, but the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought we to be in holy conduct and godliness? Looking for the hasting, the coming of the Lord God, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being of fire and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Where are we looking? What are we focusing on? I see so many people who uh, are, are, are identifying themselves as Christians, but they can't stand the president that's in the office right now. They, they want to have another president that uh, doesn't support inflation or that doesn't send money to different countries when our country's in need of money. All these different things. Uh, let's go make sure we vote. Let's make sure we fight for freedom. All these things that we hear said and see pursued by people who say they believe, but yet here Peter's telling the body of Christ, we are to look for new heavens and a new earth. That's our objective. This is why the Bible tells us not to have any love for this world and the things of this world, because every last bit of it comes from the Satan. And it will be devoured. Now, I know that's probably a, a tough statement for a lot of people because, uh, you know, I, I used to be very diligent with trying to improve my credit score. You know, there's things I wanted to uh, achieve. You know, I, I never really had like a bucket list, but there are things I wanted to ensure that I accomplish. But the more I got into this word and pulled myself out of the false doctrines of these social gospel progressive church institutions, I start to realize that at the end of the day, none of this stuff matters. God's not going to judge you on your credit score. He's not going to judge you on your 501, your, 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 your 401k, or how well you promoted up in your job. And, you know, if you, you took enough vacations or you got to see uh, Italy, or, he's going to judge you on how you walk according to the faith. But like I said, we don't find ourselves often walking according to the faith because we don't have our eyes set on what's to come rather than what is. We, we're looking at the temporal, which is a guarantee to perish. And, and verse 14, he says, therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things, be diligent to be found by him in peace without spot and blameless. And consider the long suffering of our Lord is salvation. As also our beloved brother Paul, according to his wisdom given to him, has written to you as also in his epistles, speaking these, speaking in them these things in which some things hard to understand, which are untaught and unstable people twist to their own destruction as they do the rest of the scriptures. 
Now, I want to go back up here and look at where uh, Peter talks about considering the long suffering of our Lord is salvation. Again, I've said this so many times and I have to continue to say it because it is one of the prominent lies of the uh, quote unquote Christian faith. Because you said Jesus Christ, you said that sinner's prayer down at the altar, which neither the prayer nor the altar is found nowhere in the New Testament. But because you declare that, you got saved. But here Peter is saying long suffering, meaning the patience. The patience of our Lord is salvation. He's saying that you have to be patient and wait this out because in the end, the Bible says several times, those who endure to the end shall be saved, meaning those who are patient all the way into the end of either their life or until the return of Christ. That is salvation. There's a, there's, there's a, a, a false Christ in the world as we speak who leads a significant amount of people who say they believe in Jesus Christ. And they tell them, listen, if you pray that prayer today, I believe you got born again. And that's it. No obligation to the commandments, as Peter mentioned here earlier, as found in the Old Testament or in the uh, book of Revelation in uh, Peter's uh, letters, Paul's letters. It is a continuous walk until our final breath. But then he goes on and he talks about how people who are untaught and unstable twist things that are hard to understand. Now, this right here, an absolute fact, because I see it all the time. And the reason why they twist these words because they do not have the leadership of the Holy Spirit. So, I mean, they've been to seminary school. They've been to Bible college, theology school. They, they, they have sat down with scholars and you name it. And based on their human intellect, they attempt to explain the word of God. I, I had a gentleman tell me uh, not too long ago that my approach towards false teachers is unbiblical. Uh, it's too harsh. It's turning people away from the word of God. Why would anybody want to be a, a follower of Jesus Christ if they had to listen to me call out false teachers? But obviously, whoever this individual learned from taught them a false gospel. One of the one of the mandates given to not just um, Jesus Christ by God, but to the disciples, the apostles he initially chose were to call out false teachers, false disciples, false apostles. And the reason being is because if you don't receive the truth, who Christ really is and what salvation really means, then your salvation could very well be invalid. And, and this is obviously true because so many people today walk around with a false sense of confidence that when they stand before God, they will 
have peace, but yet they never had a heart for him, never wanted to walk with him. They did the routine when it was comfortable, you know, the church routine or, or the holiday Christians, Easter, Thanksgiving and Christmas. And when it came to obeying his commands, which is an obligation, they don't follow it. And unfortunately, it's because, you know, the twisting of, of the word of God. And here's the thing. When you twist one part of God's word, you're going to twist all of it. You cannot teach a significant truth here and then teach a false truth over here. And it's, it's still considered to be OK. One of the things we as believers have to really understand is that uh, no preacher we should never sit under any preacher or teacher who gives their opinion. I feel, I think, I believe. Because when they say that, immediately after their, uh, their, their, their declaration, their statement, comes a, a, a words that are often inconsistent with the word of God. I heard a, a prominent preacher the other day say, that when Jesus gave the great commission, go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teach them to obey all I command. And he said, who are they? Who, who, who is they? And he said, the nations. Teach the nations to obey all that I command. Now, this is a preacher who is an American who, 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 who wants to help, you know, revive America. So he said, they is the nations. But that's that little twist of scripture shows you how people through this ideology of Christianity and falsehood, instead of discipleship following Jesus Christ selflessly, uh, they they veer off from the truth. Nowhere in there did Jesus Christ say, teach the nations anything. He said, teach the disciples, those who come into the faith, to obey all that I have commanded. How can you teach the world to obey Jesus Christ if they don't love him, if they don't accept him, if they don't want anything to do with him? That doesn't make any sense at all. Just, that doesn't even make logical sense, let alone spiritual sense. But when you follow self and not the gospel, you don't deny yourself. You are trying to please the crowd or whatever the case may be. You get these type of teachings. And as I said before, this is the reason why in this season, the clearly identified according to the Bible, you can literally pull out pieces of, of each piece of how Jesus breaks down the end times in his dialogue. And you can statistically show how it is happening as we speak. The hunger, the sicknesses, all these things, earthquakes, you name it. There is evidence that the, the world themselves put together, not some church institution. These are universities, the, the uh, government groups. They put together these statistics and even they know something is wrong because things are happening in a way that's never happened before. But the explanation is in the Bible. These are the beginning of sorrows. These are the beginning of, of, of terrible times. And if we don't find ourselves walking According to uh, the gospel, as it relates to looking for a new heavens and earth, we will 
unfortunately miss the return of Christ. He, he will not be taking a single person with him whose heart is set on the world. He can't. And, and nobody's going to be living in eternity with God when they don't have a heart for him. Why would he give you time with him in eternity when you never loved him? Or you loved him and you went your own way. You backslid, which, which you don't even hear much of that anymore in churches. You don't hear anything about backsliding. Now what I hear is, well, the people who backslid was never of the faith. So it doesn't show that in the Bible. Because how can you backslide from something you were never a part of? How can you fall away from something you never stood on? Important to know. In fact, in verse 17, Peter says, You therefore, beloved, since you know this beforehand, beware lest you fall from your own steadfastness and be led away with the error of the wicked. He said, beware. Watch out. Since you know, you know you're living in the end times, you know evil men are uh, becoming more and more evil, more and more deceptive. You see the sicknesses, you see the earthquakes, you see the signs in the sky, you see the, 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 all that Peter talked about, people are lovers of themselves, they're boastful, proud, arrogant, you have all this twisting of gender and pronouns, all this stuff happens. So since we know, he said, beware, or else you're going to fall from your own steadfastness, meaning your own place of walking with Christ and be led back to that way of wickedness. He said, but grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Grow in it. To grow in the grace, we have to make sure we are with people who are walking according to the faith as well. We, we, can't be, we can't be tied to people who are living contrary to the word of God. It's no different than taking a rotten apple and sitting next to a, 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 a fresh apple. Eventually, they both will become rotten. And contaminants are going to creep off or, or, or crawl off the apple and, and, and the, all the funk and the fumes going to get on there and it's going to start deteriorating just like the other apple. Rotten one, and we have to read the word of God, we have to study the word of God, we have to be diligent in studying the word of God. You have to, as, as Paul said, lay aside every uh, a, a sin and weight that so easily beset us. Some things that just throws us off. We know this, we know this thing is going to throw us off uh, our walk with Christ, so we have to just lay it aside, let it go. So how should we carry ourselves in this season? Our focus shouldn't be on how well we can uh, build our businesses, increase our savings account, or a lot of Christians doomsday prepping, and all these different things. Our focus should be on being the light of Christ, staying in the word. Because when the Antichrist comes, there's only two things that's going to happen. You're either going to take the mark or you're not. End of the day. And those who are going to do it, they're going to be more focused on their careers, their, their financial status, their being acceptance into the crowd, the university, the social club, the business opportunity, whatever the case may be. That's how we, you know, and, and 
before this arrives, it, it won't be an accident if people just, oh, I just happened to take it. I saw this clip the other day where this guy was just crying his eyes out. Talking about, y'all pray for me because I think I took the mark. And he was talking about the vaccine. He think he take, took it, so he's, his life is over. There ain't going to be no thinking about anything. It won't be that. It will be simply um, the heart of a person will already be for the Antichrist. And they will gladly take it. Just like everything else we see today. People are gladly accepting unrighteousness, wickedness, you name it. So, obedience is essential. It is the key to doing what God has called us to do. Because obedience ultimately comes down to denial of self. That's it. When we put our self aside, that means we want to be obedient. We want God's will to be done, uh, not ours. And, and that should be the heart for all of us. And, and not focus on all the other things that the world is trying to get us to focus on. Staying in line and keeping up with the Joneses. Right? In Luke 21, verse 36, Jesus Christ says, Watch therefore and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things which will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. You have to watch. He's not talking about watching Fox or CNN or ABC or, or The View or whatever these shows out are trying to tell us how to live and how we ought to handle the current social climate and, and accept people and all this nonsense. He's saying, watch how you walk in the faith and pray always. Where are our eyes? What do we focus on? You know, I don't. I, I can tell you for myself, I'm looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth. You know, I, I, I'm kind of frustrated like anybody else who is walking this journey, uh, is on this journey with all the lies and the deception that's going on. Every day they lie about something. I, I was listening to one of the speakers of the White House say that there's no inflation in the country. But then they're passing a bill called the, uh, I think it's like the anti-inflation bill or something like that. <laughs> Just flat out deception. Lying and don't even care about it. Don't even apologize. But in the process of, of my frustration and, and me seeing these things, I'm excited to be walking in God's will. Because I get to help stand against the lies. You know, I, I get a joy inside of me to go against the lies because I hate being lied to and I hate seeing other people be lied to. I hate it with a passion, you know, because when you lie to somebody, deliberately lie, that means you care nothing about the person, period. You don't care how they will take it. You don't care what, how it affects their life. This, this is the reason why Jesus pretty much uh, tells them, he said, everybody who, who, loves and practice a lie, he said, you're gonna be you're gonna be you're gonna be out there with the dogs, not getting into the gate. 
You're not coming into the city. You're going to be out there with, with those people who never get to spend inter- eternity with God. So as we continue this journey, this expectation to stand before Jesus Christ, hear the master saying, well done, my good and faithful servant. Let's stay focused on truth, absolute truth. Let's continue to deny ourselves every day and take up our cross. Study the word of God. Ask for discernment in whatever it is that we're dealing with. And let's let's do our best to not make hasty decisions. In Revelations, it talks several times about the patience of the saints in this season. We have to be patient in our walk as we are waiting on the return of Jesus Christ. Hasty decisions, trying to keep up with the world, trying not to be cut off from the world and all these different things is why a lot of people went out and got that vaccine. And now, regrettably, a lot of people are suffering because of that. But that that's how the enemy operates. He throws that fear-mongering uh, you need this or you're, something's going to happen to you. You're not going to be able to, whatever the case may be. And instead of walking with God, we start walking with the world, being led astray. Patience is absolutely essential. We look at the ministry of Jesus Christ. He was patient. He was patient with the disciples when they struggled constantly to understand what he was saying. He was patient with the Pharisees when they continually tried to to test him, to manipulate things that he said. And obviously, as he finished his last journey going to the cross, enduring all that suffering, he was patient. And it turned out for him to be a, a, a extremely wonderful reward. A great reward is waiting on us if we can hold out. Hold on to God's unchanging hand. Not let us become swayed side by side because of what the enemy is doing or these. Your blessings coming preaching that's going on today uh, all around the world. So be encouraged in this season. God is true and he is faithful. His son, Jesus Christ, is faithful. and The Holy Spirit is the faithful truth. And, and the Bible is clear. He will not let your foot be moved. He will keep you. Contrary to the storm. Yeah, the Bible says that, you know, nobody will sell or trade without the mark of the beast. But he did not say any of his children go go hungry. If God got to get somebody with the mark of the beast to buy you food, <laughs> He'll do whatever he got to do for his children. He'll do whatever he can to make sure he's not, he don't look bad. His reputation is upheld. But either way it go, no matter how it works out, no matter what it looks like, we have to keep walking as we should in these last days, eyes focused on Christ, the new heavens and the new earth. And let God do everything else. Let him take care of everything else. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this life and strength. We thank you for the word that you've given us tonight. We thank you for peace. We thank you for wisdom. We thank you for knowledge and understanding. 
It is time for us to stand on your word and nothing else, to keep our eyes focused on the only truth, you Christ, looking towards a new heaven and a new earth. We know that the enemy is defeated and he will always be defeated no matter what he does, no matter the show he puts on, no matter how crazy things may be. We thank you for all that you continue to do. We give you the glory and the honor. In your holy name, Jesus, we pray. Amen.